Welcome to the Folktale Project. This is Dan Scholes. Today we have part six of The White Cat, and this is the penultimate installment of the tale. And we left off with, well, the white cat instructing the prince to cut off her head. And let's dive right back in. With no further ado, this is the white cat, part six. The tears came into the prince's eyes as he begged her to ask him anything but that to set him any task she pleased as a proof of his devotion, but to spare him the grief of killing his dear pussy. But nothing he could say altered her determination, and at last he drew his sword and desperately, with a trembling hand, cut off the little white head. But imagine his astonishment and delight when suddenly a lovely princess stood before him, and while he was still speechless with amazement, the door opened, and a goodly company of knights and ladies entered, each carrying a cat's skin. They hastened with every sign of joy to the princess, kissing her hand and congratulating her on being once more restored to her natural shape. She received them graciously, but after a few minutes begged that they should leave her alone with the prince, to whom she said, You see, prince, you are right in supposing me to be no ordinary cat. My father reigned over six kingdoms. The queen, my mother, whom he loved dearly, had a passion for traveling and exploring, and when I was only a few weeks old, she obtained his permission to visit a certain mountain, of which she had heard many marvelous tales, and set out, taking with her a number of her attendants. On the way, they had to pass near an old castle belonging to the fairies. Nobody had ever been into it, but it was reported to be full of the most wonderful things, and my mother remembered to have heard that the fairies had in their garden such fruits as was to be seen tasted nowhere else. She began to wish to try them for herself, and turned her steps in the direction of the garden. On arriving at the door, which blazed with gold and jewels, she ordered her servants to knock loudly, but it was useless. It seemed as if all the inhabitants of the castle must be asleep or dead. Now the more difficult it became to obtain the fruit, the more the queen was determined that she would have it. So she ordered that they should bring ladders and get over the wall into the garden, but though the wall did not look very high and they tied the ladders together to make them very long, it was quite impossible to get to the top. The queen was in despair, but as night was coming on, she ordered that they should encamp just where they were and went to bed herself, feeling quite ill. She was so disappointed. In the middle of the night, she was suddenly awakened and saw to her surprise a tiny, ugly old woman seated by her bedside, who said to her, I must say that we consider it somewhat troublesome of your majesty to insist upon tasting our fruit, but, to save you any annoyance, my sisters and I will consent to give you as much as you can carry away on one condition, that is, that you shall give us your little daughter to bring up as our own. Ah, my dear madam, cried the queen, is there nothing else that you would take for the fruit? I will give you my kingdoms willingly. No, replied the old fairy, we will have nothing but your little daughter. She shall be as happy as the day is long, and we will give her everything that is worth having in fairyland, but you must not see her again until she is married. Though it is a hard condition, said the queen, I consent, for I shall certainly die if I do not taste the fruit, and so I should lose my little daughter either way. So the old fairy led her into the castle, and though it was still the middle of the night, 
the queen could plainly see that it was far more beautiful than she had been told. Which you can easily believe, prince, said the white cat, when I tell you that it was this castle that we are in now. Will you gather the fruit yourself, queen, said the old fairy, or shall I call it to come to you? I beg you to let me see it come when it is called, cried the queen. That will be something quite new. The old fairy whistled twice, then she cried, Apricots, peaches, nectarines, cherries, plums, pears, melons, grapes, apples, oranges, lemons, gooseberries, strawberries, raspberries, come! And in an instant they came tumbling in one over another, and yet they were neither dusty nor spoilt, and the queen found them quite as good as she had fancied them. You see, they grew upon fairy trees. The old fairy gave her golden baskets in which to take the fruit away, and it was as much as four hundred mules could carry. Then she reminded the queen of her agreement and led back to the camp, and next morning she went back to her kingdom, but before she had gone very far she began to repent of her bargain, and when the king came out to meet her, she looked so sad that he guessed that something had happened and asked what was the matter. At first the queen was afraid to tell him, but when as soon as they reached the palace five frightful little dwarfs were sent by the fairies to fetch me, she was obliged to confess what she had promised. The king was very angry, and the queen had myself shut up in a great tower and safely guarded and drove the little dwarves out of the kingdom. But the fairy sent a great dragon, who ate up all the people he met, and whose breath burnt up everything as he passed through the country. At last, after trying in vain to rid himself of the monster, the king, to save his subjects, was obliged to consent that I should be given up to the fairies. This time they came themselves to fetch me, in a chariot of pearl drawn by seahorses, followed by the dragon who was led by chains of diamonds. My cradle was placed between the old fairies, who loaded me with caresses, and away we whirled through the air to a tower which they had built on purpose for me. There I grew up surrounded with everything that was beautiful and rare, and learning everything that is ever taught to a princess, but without any companions but a parrot and a little dog, who could both talk and receiving every day a visit from one of the old fairies who came mounted upon the dragon. And that is part six of The White Cat. And when we return on Wednesday, we'll hear the conclusion of the story and discover if the prince ever does get his kingdom from his father. This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.